on Daf Yud Ches, four lines down, Man Tana. Okay, who is the author, Nisinas Mayim Lidyo, Zuhi Shriyasan? That just putting the water in with the solid mass of the ink, the whatever it is the, that makes the coloring, that that's already considered the soaking, and it's already the process, just by adding the water, that's considered doing the making of ink. Um, Rav Yosef, Rebbe, it's Rebbe's Shita, the Tanya, because the Brisa says, Echod nosin es ha-kemach, ve'echod nosin es ha-mayim, ha-achron chayiv. Very similar, but an interesting idea. We're talking about two people who are doing the act of making dough together. All right? And according to Rebbe, Divrei Rebbe, Rebbe says basically that if the first guy put down the flour, the next guy poured on the water, he's already hired for adding the water because he can make the dough by just adding the water. So you see that Rebbe's shita in general is just passively putting on the, the last ingredient is starting the process already. And that would be the same thing for ink, just like he said it by the case of dough in making dough. Rabbi Yossi Omer, Rabbi Yossi disagrees with Rabbi, says, In order for it to make bread, you pour water on the flour. Anybody who tried making bread that way, it doesn't work. You obviously have to mix it. Okay? So you're not going to be chayev for just pouring water on the flour. You're going to have to knead the dough. You need to knead the dough in order to be chayev. So now, we're assuming that the author over here must be Rabbi, not Rabbi, uh, not, not Rabbi Osi. So the Gemara says, Vidilma, perhaps, Vidilma, perhaps, Ad Khan, until now, Lokama Rabbi Osi, El Bekemach de Bargibalu. Maybe Rabbi Osi only said that by something like that, which flour and water, you better need it. If you want to get anywhere to make it into dough, ink dust needs time. You put the solid ink into the liquid, and eventually it'll dissipate and become fully ink, liquid ink. Okay? So there is no kneading necessary for ink, so Rabbi Yossi might agree to that. So So the Gemara says, Lo salka not true. Can't be Rabbi Yossi would not agree to that. They used to, there was a, an ingredient to make, a, a, they mixed ashes with water, okay? And um, ashes, there is nothing to do with ashes with water, okay? You, it, it's not something that needs kneading. And yet, in that price, it's talked about ashes, and it says the one who put the ashes, the one who put the water, ha'achron chayiv, tivrei rebbe. Rebbe says the one who put the water is already chayiv. Rebbe Yosi, Rebbe Yuta, Omer Achi Gabal, no, you still need, you need to need it. So you see that even when it's something that doesn't require kneading, it's not, the pouring on is not enough, it needs to be mixed around or something. So the Gemara says that doesn't prove anything because the Dilma my Afer Afar, maybe the statement there that talks about Afer really was referring to Afar and it's talking about the production of mud. You're making mud. So you're adding the water in and that's why it requires a mixing. 
and it's followed, that's Rabbi Shita, the Bargibalu, which does, obviously, makes a difference. If you just put water, water on top of the earth, it's not going to make mud unless you mix it. Okay, so the Gemara says, uh, Vatanya Efer, but it says Efer, Vatanya Afar, and it also says Afar. So the Gemara says, true, but it doesn't say the one next to the other. It could be, sometimes we use Efer interchangeably with Afar, and you really could be referring to dirt and not ashes. And maybe that's what we're talking about over here. So the bottom line is, it's very possible that Rebiosi would also fit in with our Mishnah. And the only time he has a requirement of mixing is when it's something that really makes a difference for mixing. And it could be that our Mishnah is going with everybody. Yes. So that's the thing. Um, they're used. The, it, it can mean two different things. Afer refers to ashes. You know, ashes, the burnt wood, right? So that's ash. That's what we refer to afer with an olive. Afar is dirt. That's dirt from the ground. The problem is, and it's confusing, is that sometimes we use the word afar and we really are referring to afar, and sometimes we use the word afar and we're really referring to afar. You understand? So both can mean both. Uh, yeah, well, we do say... No, it's it happened by... One second, yeah, so one second. What happened was is that when Avram Avinu was, was davening to Hashem about Sodom, he said, afar I am dust and ashes. So we use the words together. That's true. Okay, anyway. All right, let's continue. So we're moving on to the next thing. Tanur Abanan, Aposkin Mayim Legina. We can... We, uh, we can, w- w- this is opening basically the water spout from the gathered water from the stream to water the garden, Erev Shabbos Im Chashecha, right before Shabbos. So basically, you're allowing the water into the field and it'll continually flow into the field the entire Shabbos, and that doesn't bother us. You can put an incense underneath the clothes. And the incense will fume, will perfume basically the clothes all Shabbos long. Doesn't bother us. You can put um, a coal underneath the utensil. This is like a like a silver utensil. Rashi explains that uh, sometimes people who are uh, silver smiths, so they're making designs of flowers and everything inside, you know, scratching it into the silver. And what they do is they put, they want to have the black soot on side of it so that it makes the uh, design more noticeable. So that was what, what one of the things they used to do. And they would, so you have the silver goblet, and then they basically wanted the soot to climb into the goblet so that they would 
um, fill the cracks so you could actually see the design better. Okay? Um, all these things are actually happening on Shabbos. The kilor is the, this was like a type of, you know, poultice or something that was put on the eye to heal the eye or something on a wound to heal the wound, like it's, you know, with medication and everything. You set that up right before Shabbos, put that on before Shabbos. And on Tyre Shabbos, the body is getting healed, the eye is getting better. All of those things are allowed to be done right a minute before Shabbos, not a problem. What, what can't you do? If you have a water mill, okay, that's run by, by that automatically by the river, river turns the stone, right? Um, and, uh, basically, and you are running that right before Shabbos and grinding the wheat on Shabbos, that is actually prohibited to do on Shabbos. My time. Why is it prohibited to do on Shabbos? So, The reason is because it's loud and it makes noise. And Rashi explains that a noisy thing that you could hear the machine working on Shabbos, that is also to run before Shabbos. It's like a bizayon to Shabbos, okay? It's attracting attention to the fact that these machines are working on Shabbos, and that's a problem. That's prohibited, okay? This is a very relevant halacha, practical. So they apply this to having, uh, nowadays it's something that's actually relevant. People have automatic vacuums, right? They don't even need to touch it anymore. I don't know if you've seen these. They, they're on a timer, they go and they vacuum the house every night at whatever time you set it up to go. They make noise and it's afshamilsa, uh, it could be problematic. Okay, so that, you have to ask a rabbi, a shayla, about these things. But that's exactly the principle. Amalir of Yosef. So, said Rav Yosef, how do you know that that's the reason? Maybe the reason is because you need to let, it's not enough that you have to rest on Shabbos, but your tools need to rest on Shabbos. And therefore, if your mill is working on Shabbos, then, your mill, then the mill is not at rest. How do you know? Because we learned in a brisa, All that I told you, you shall guard. So that we learn in the brisa, that's including Shvisas Kalim, even the vessels can't be working on Shabbos. You have an automatic factory. You can't have your factory running even on Shabbos. That's what we're talking about. Rav So Rav Yosef says, you know what? That's what the real reason is. It's not because it's noisy per se. It's because your things are working for you. Okay. If you're telling me that Reis Hillel says that your Kalim working, even a Torah, he accepts that that's prohibited, Mina Torah. So the question now is, why is it okay all those other cases? Why is it okay the coal that's working on Shabbos that's putting soot into your silver or the 
um, incense that's fumigating your clothes to make it smell good. My time is Sharu. Why is that allowed to be done right before Shabbos? It's running on Shabbos. The answer is, Mishum de Lokavid Maisa. It's not an active. There's a difference between an active thing and something that's just passive. Passive is okay. Okay. Onin shall pishtan my time masharu. What about the, the we saw in the Mishnah, the flax that's put in the oven you could do right before Shabbos according to Beis Hillel? Why is that okay? So again, Mishum de Lovid Maisa. It doesn't really do an action. Omeinich Naicha. It's sitting there. So the Gemara says, okay, but what about the traps? You know, like right now we're imagining it's sort of like a bear trap that it steps on the spring and it snaps and it works. It's working on Shabbos. So how are you allowed to set your traps right before Shabbos? Why is that allowed? So the Gemara answers, Hasam Nami, we're talking about particular types of traps. Belechi vikukri. Lechi, Rashi says, is the thing that hooks on the cheeks of the fish, okay? Which is basically a hook, okay? And um, the fish eat it with the worm on it, whatever it is, and that is how it, and it's passive. It's not doing any acts. And uh, the Gemara says, and the same thing, a cookery is an interesting thing. It's like a basket with a, with a wide open on one end and a narrow opening on the other end, and the fish swim in and catch their head into it and um, and then their head is embedded in but it's not wide enough that the body can make it to make its way through and the fish gets stuck but again it's a passive type of trap and therefore it's legal to be set up right before Shabbos to happen on Shabbos because it's not an action it's only Caleb that are prohibited to use on Shabbos is when it's going to be doing an activity okay Says the Gemara of Ahash, the Dhamma of Oshia Amarav Asi. Mantana Shvizas Kilmdoraisa Bishamahi. So that was Ravyosi Shita. But Rav Oshia says in the name of Asi that no, it's not true. The only one who has a problem with Shvizas Kalim, Minatora, is Bishamahi. It's Machlokis. Below Basilo. So Basilo disagrees to these principles. So the Bishamahi, according to Bishamahi, Bain Kavid Maisa, Bain Lo Kavid Maisa, also. So basically, According to Beishamai, any keli cannot be used on Shabbos, whether it's active keli or inactive. The Beis Hillel, and according to Beis Hillel, even if it's active, it's, it's permissible. But according to Beis Hillel, it's only when it's very noisy, that's a separate issue, because it's a bizarre. Okay? So, the question is, even if it's non-active, it's still prohibited. So then why is the case of the Mugmar Vigafris? So what? It's passive. But the bottom line is, it's your, it's, it's your vessel that's doing work on Shabbos. My time Why does Bishami say it's illegal? So my answer is, Hasam Manachara, Gigis. So the answer is, Hasam Manachara. The, the, there is no vessel that's at work over there. You put the coal on the ground. You put the uh, incense on the ground. It's not in a vessel. And therefore, there's no keli that's doing work. So it's like a, it has to be a, a utensil. That There is no utensil involved. So the Gemara says, okay, well, what about these cases? Gigis, vener, viktera, vishpud, my time asharu. 
all of those things, there's a barrel of how they produce beer. Okay, now beer, you have a big vat. Okay, that's the gigas is the vat. And uh, you have the, the grain for that's producing the beer sitting and soaking inside the vat and it's producing with the barley basically and it's soaking there for more than for about more than eight days so it's obviously by definition continually being produced on shabbos it would be a big problem to you know and according to him it should be prohibited the same thing with the with a nair how according to him how does rebeis heal allow you to have any lights any candles on shabbos okay um um, uh, how do you have a pot cooking on from before Shabbos and on Shabbos? It's being put to work. Okay, it's cooking. So vishpud, a spit. That's uh, we have a spit running on Shabbos. It's turning on Shabbos. It's one of those automatic uh, spits. Anyway, or sitting in on the spit. All these things are being used. And uh, how are we allowed to do that on Shabbos? That's the question. According to Beishamai, those all should be prohibited. My time is short, Beishamai. The answer is, you're right, it shouldn't be. But the only reason why it's allowed is the mafker lehu afkuri. You made the container hefker. Amazing pshat. Because we're saying it's not mine anymore. I only have to worry about my kalim. If I don't, it doesn't belong to me, so then I'm not worried about it. I can do work as long as it's not mine. Very interesting explanation. Now, mantana lahadutan rabbanan lo tamali isha gedera asasios v'turmesin. Whose opinion is this quote following? A woman is not allowed to fill her pot with various types of beans, and these all are um, things that take a long time uh, to cook. Okay? And you put it in the oven, right before Shabbos. You're not allowed to do that. And if you do do that on Shabbos, then it becomes prohibited even after Shabbos with the amount of time that it would take to do it if you would have started after Shabbos. Meaning you cannot benefit from the fact that it was done on Shabbos. A baker can't fill a, a, a barrel of water and put it in the oven Okay, um, on Erev Shabbos before dark, and if he does so, um, again, he's filling a big thing of water that's heating up. I guess it's going to steam it. It's very good for the bread that he's planning on making after Shabbos. You're not allowed to do that before Shabbos and set it up on Shabbos. And you can't benefit from the fact that it was done on Shabbos. Lema Beishamah Yivei Lo Beishilah. These quotes must be going like Beishamah and not Beishilah. So Gemara says, no. I feel the same Beishilah. Beishilah would have a problem with those as well. Why? The concern is that maybe you will come to stoke the coals. Okay, a very famous idea, which is very practical. How it, how it applies nowadays is interesting, how the Mepharshim deal with it, the Poskim. But the bottom line is, when it's on top of coals and that's what's keeping the heat going, there's a fear that there may be that that un, that the person will not realize he needs it to be hot. He's going to come to stoke the coals on Shabbos. Nami. 
uh, Why did we have, there's two other cases of a coal, where something like an incense, why are we afraid that you're going to stoke the, uh, the incense for the fumigating of the clothes, or the gaffris, which is the coal, which is to, um, to make the soot on the, on the silver, why don't we make a there as well? Ligs are hustle. So the Gemara says, Lo there, there's, no, there's no chashash, no worry that you'll come to stoke it. Because if you do stoke it, it'll produce smoke. And smoke is actually harmful for the clothes. You don't, definitely don't want the smoke smell in your clothes. So you're trying to minimize how much smoke. You just want the sm- aroma going in. And also by the uh, by the case of the silver, you don't want the smoke. It could harm the silver. You just want the blackness, and that's it. So therefore, you're not tempted to do so. Okay, nami ligzar. Why don't we worry about the flax that you put in the oven to turn whiter? Um, the, um, that you might stoke the coals. Hasam kim the kashluzika. The problem is, is that when you open the door then it'll lose the heat, and that could ruin the, the, the flax. So you're not going to do it. You're not going to open the door. Once the door is closed, you won't be tempted to open it for stoking the coals, because what you gain by stoking, you lose by opening the door. So it's simply not worth it. You won't do that. What about the dye of the wool in the vat that it dyes in? Why don't we make a xero over there? So Amar Shmuel, Biyora Kura, we're talking about where the pot that it was soaking in, you heat up the dye, but what you did is you removed it from the fire already. So where it says, V'neicho Shema Yemagizba. So why are we afraid that you might mix it? And that's also not allowed on Shabbos? So the Gemara says, V'akura V'tocha. It's removed from the fire and it's sealed on top. So you're not tempted. By the time it takes to unseal the, the, uh, the opening, you realize that at Shabbos you won't come to do it. Okay, so that's the reason for those halachos. It's nothing to do with the fact that your kalim are working on Shabbos, but what it has to do with is the fear that you might come to stoke, and that's a limited fear. It doesn't happen in every case that we're afraid you're going to stoke. Ah, yes. It's also, that's what, well, okay, you're trying to form the, uh, the principles over here, trying to understand what's the basic principles. So yeah, so let's, sum, if you want to summarize, things that are passively healing on Shabbos or doing things on Shabbos, that we definitely are allowing, according to uh, Halacha, okay? Beis Shammai has a more stringent opinion about your utensils working on Shabbos, and there's a special prohibition of things that are noisy being run on Shabbos.
So is there, I mean, that's a separate question whether generators fall under that category, because according to that, you know, maybe an air conditioner is noisy. Maybe we wouldn't be allowed to run our air conditioner on Shabbos. And that we don't say. So it's the, the idea of where, where noisy things comes into the case is not as simple as, uh, as you think. It's only ones that sort of have a, have a negative connotation to it. So I don't, you know. So that's why it's not. Don't don't make a don't assume too stringently that you're not allowed to run a generator on Shabbos from before Shabbos. That you know, going to keep your electricity going on Shabbos because uh, it's not so simple. But it's something that's doing an activity that has a negative, like the mill. If you think about the example of the of the Torah, it has to be similar to like you're doing work on Shabbos. Really, why am I running the mill? Not for a benefit of Shabbos. This is so that, you know, uh, so I have my grain gr- ground on Shabbos. Why not? You know, that's, that's, what's, that's where the bizarre comes in. So that's why they apply it to like, a, like running a, your um, washing machine. You know what I'm saying? Which is like, it's not really a need for Shabbos. It's more for, because I want to get some stuff done. That's where the problem, that's where it's more of an issue. You understand? So, Anyway, as far as practical halacha, we're just getting the principles. Yes. Yeah. Right. So those are the right. So clearly, that 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 seems to me that would fall in the same category as uh, the Shvisas Kalim question, which Beis Shammai. The bottom line is only Beis Shammai says it's not allowed. Beis Hillel allows for that. So a sourdough starter. You can have going on Shabbos. Obviously, it might be a problem to feed it on Shabbos, but if it's just sitting there, yeah. So you can let it continue on Shabbos, right? According to Beis Hillel, which is of course the way we pass it. All right, let's continue. Vahasta, we're at the word Vahasta. Vahasta Damar Now that we've established this principle that there's a fear of stoking coals. And so it comes out some very practical halachos. Ha'ikidera If you have a completely raw pot of food, your chalent pot, that you're putting up immediately right before Shabbos. Shari la'anucha erev Shabbos bitanura. You're allowed to leave it right before Shabbos, minute before Shabbos, in the oven. Why would that be allowed? What about the stoking question? My time with the reason given the Lochazi Lorta, since it anyway will not be cooked by tonight's meal. So uh Mesach It's removed from his mind. He's not there's no temptation that he's going to touch it. He's not gonna to come to stoke the coals. Because stoking coals is only if you meet it's almost ready and you just need a little bit higher temperature to get it ready for tonight. But something that is so raw, right before Shabbos, there's no way it's going to be cooked in time for the meal. So there's no temptation to stoke. You say, okay, I'll wait till morning. By morning, it'll be ready. Okay. Okay. Uvashil shapir dami bashil. Since uh, it, um, I'm not going to... Um, uh, so, uh, so that's the point. Um and what if it's already fully cooked? Sometimes you have your children fully cooked before Shabbos. 
Shabir David, that's also perfectly fine. Because, um, because obviously, there's no temptation to stoke it. You got, the, you got it as much as you need. Now, Bashel, below Bashel, what if it's partially cooked? It's almost fully cooked, but it needs a little bit more time. That's when it's going to be Asir. Because there's a temptation to stoke. Because a little bit of stoking is all it needs to get it to a higher temperature, to cook, to be ready for tonight. Now, if you put some food in that's raw, garma chaya, a raw bone or something that's going to need a long time to cook, that can matter the whole thing. So that's another leniency that uh, if you have it partially cooked and you're like, I don't know what to do now, I'm not going to be allowed to to put leave the chont up because I put it up an hour before Shabbos and it's like almost there. So I put a raw bone in right the last minute and add it on, then it'll be fine. Now, So now, this other thing that we mentioned, that any time the air can ruin it, or is harmful, like we saw by the flax, so you're not going to come to stoke the coals because you won't open the oven. So therefore, it comes out like this. A young goat's meat, okay, which is... Uh, very so- softer meat, vishorik, um, and um, so it's it's the 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 mouth of the oven has been sealed, so that for sure shapir dami that actually for sure would be okay to leave in on Shabbos. The barcha, if it's an older goat like a, an adult goat, which is a tougher meat. Below Sharik, and it's not sealed, also, because there you might want to stoke it. And opening is not harmful to ruining the, the meat. The Gadi of Sharik, the Barach of Sharik, what about if it has one factor and not the other? It's the softer meat, which the wind is problematic for, but it's not a sealed opening. Or it's the uh, older meat, but it's sealed. So Rav Ashi, Shari Rav Ashi says, as long as you got one of the two, it's okay. Rav Yomimidif, the Asri says it's forbidden. So the Gemara says, oh, Ula Rav Ashi, the Shari, um, according to Rav Ashi, says it's allowed. Well, how does this fit? Fatanan, we learned in the Mishnah, ain't solen basar batzalu you're not allowed to roast meat, an onion, or egg, elekadeshi tzulum yom, unless it's enough time for it to be roasted before Shabbos. So what's the difference? So the Gemara answers, Hasam de Barcha Velo Sharik. That's the same as a old, where the meat's not problematic for opening, and it's not sealed. So there's, uh, you're going to come to stoke it. That's why it's problematic. That's one answer. Igadami or another answer. the Gadya. Another position is the gadya. If it's the young goat, bein shark, bein lo shark, you'll never open the door, even if it's not sealed. The barcha nami v'sharik, and if it's the old goat, which is tougher meat, which can handle opening, but if it's sealed, shapidami, there's no concern because you're not going to unseal it. Kipligi the barcha lo shark. The only concern and the only question is by the older goat, the adult goat which is a tougher meat, which is no concern with opening the door. Below Sharik, and it's not even sealed. Or of Ashi Shari, of Ashi says it's still allowed for Rabbi Yirmi Midifti Asir, and he says it's not allowed. Aye, if that's true, that Ravashi has no problem with that, 
What's the difference between this and the coals? And the roasting? The answer is, Hasam Bibisra Gumri. There, it's sitting directly on the coals. You know, so therefore, it's like a barbecue. And therefore, you might come to um, to stoke it. It's not in an oven. There's not even a, a, there's not even a, a, a door. It's not even, it's an open uh, coal thing. So that's why it's so easy to stoke. Over here, just being covered is enough to be a reminder. Now, I'm Ravina Haikrachaya. Um, gourd, like a pumpkin, that's raw. Shaper dummy, that's also um, going to be permissible. You're not afraid that you're going to stoke the coals. Because the wind is uh, harmful to cooking the gourds. I don't know why, whatever. It, it, like you can't handle the lowering of the temperature. So kibisra the dummy, it's kind of like the goat, uh, the goat, the young, uh, young kids meat. And therefore, it's going to be permissible. Okay, let's just do to the next one. Beishami Omrim Ein Mochrin. Beishami says that you don't sell to the Gentile. Now, Tanar Banner Beishami Omrim Loyimkar Adam Cheftzel in Achri, Velo Yashi Lenov, Loyilvenu, Loyitel Bematana, Lekadeshi Agil Beisel. He has to be able to make it home in time for the sale to be, you know, like in order to, you have to sell it early enough that he can make it home. The house, the first house near the door, near the city. He just has to leave your house. Rabbi Kiva is not being more makele than the Beis Hillel. He's explaining Beis Hillel. What Beis Hillel really means, as long as he leaves your property on the sale, before Shabbos, that's all that matters. So you can do the last minute sale, and that's it. Uh, it doesn't bother us. He doesn't have to actually make it to his home. And that's the Machlokas again, Beisham Bisil. We'll stop over here to be continued. And hope everybody has a great day.